So for Christians, you know, we celebrate uh, two big dates, really, and that is Christmas, the birth of Jesus Christ, and then Easter, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I would say for myself, I've always found Christianity to be unique in the sense that God, the Son of God, came as a baby and then died on the cross. To me, that is unique because it is not the Hollywood entrance and exit that I expected. I mean, I mean, if I were God, obviously I'm not, but, but if I were God and if I were a Hollywood producer and director, I would have directed a more stunning and spectacular entrance. I would have directed a more dramatic and sensational exit. Honestly, I was a little bit disappointed. You know, I, I would have directed Jesus' entrance into this world more like Thor, the God of Thunder. And it would look like this. Jesus would actually look like, have the face and the body of Chris Hemsworth. Take it away. Even you guys spontaneously gave a whoa. I mean, if Jesus had entered the world like this, it was a whoa. But Jesus entered the world as a baby. You see, no whoa. <laughs> Disappointing, right? And even his introduction to the world, like Jesus had the MC, that host who introduced him. This is John the Baptist. And, and John the Baptist said this in John chapter 1. He said, Behold the Lamb of God. It's like, what? I mean, here is God. And then, behold the Lamb. I mean, He's not even goat. Because nowadays, goat is in. But He's not goat, He's Lamb. I mean, it would be similar to as, as lame as if you go watch an MMA or a, a WWE fight, on the left corner, weighing 150 kilograms, the heavyweight champion of the world, the hamster. <laughs> and on the right corner, 200 kilos, we have the koala bear. <laughs> I mean, look, that's lame. You would say, behold, the tiger, right? Something cooler. So even his introduction to the world is not what us, our Hollywood bread condition mindset would expect. And, and what about his exit? I mean, his exit, ugh, his exit is 
not spectacular. If I were a Hollywood producer, you know what would be a cool exit from the world? Have you watched Captain Marvel? That's what would have done for Jesus. It would go something like this. Jesus doing this. Right, Jesus leaving like this, this would be something, right? But no, Jesus was crucified on the cross. So I kept wondering why did God not have an epic movie like what we would expect and, and people will just naturally worship Him and say, you are truly God. But instead, God came as a baby. God died on the cross. And, and even when Jesus was growing up, the Bible says his first ministry and, and miracle was only when he was 30 years old. But what about from 1 to 30? I mean, if, you, if I were making a TV series on the OG of Jesus, right? Like, like the young Jesus. You know, you, you would imagine him when his mother Mary wasn't looking, he would turn water into Coca-Cola. And, and you, would, you would imagine him if he were bullied in, in, in school or in the synagogue. You know what? He, he would have fought back. He would have made the bully's hair burn or something, right? It, I imagine it more to be like the movie we watch, Aquaman. Like young Jesus with blazing yellow eyes, controlling the animals of the universe. But no, that's not how was. So, so you're wondering, why would Jesus come as a baby? I mean, you cannot get more helpless, weaker than a baby. Why would Jesus die on the cross? You cannot get weaker or more humiliating than dying naked on the cross. So the question is, why? Why would Jesus come to show us, not in power and glory, but in weakness? Now, can I switch channel? So, so hold that thought, hold that question at the back of your mind. Let's switch channel a little bit. So I teach on lead leadership. I teach my staff leadership. I teach uh, pastors and leaders all over the world. And so one of the things that I, I teach in leadership is this, is that you've got to understand that Jesus is both the lion and the lamb. In other words, Jesus has the lion, the strength, and Jesus also shows the lamb, the weakness. So I say, if you want to be a great leader, you need to both know when to demonstrate strength, but also when to disclose weaknesses to the right people. But unfortunately, we are humans, and, and being human and human nature is that we like to display our strength all the time, and then we hide our weakness. We cover up our weaknesses, especially you being Asian. 
got a safe face, right? So in leadership, listen, in our strength, we win fans. But in our weakness, we make friends. In our strength, we control. But in our weakness, we connect. So that's why while our strength impresses people, but it is really our weakness that connects with people. So that's why you see that Superman has a lot of fans. But all the girls want to date Clark Kent. Peter Parker is the one you want to get to know, but not Spider-Man. That's why all of us can relate to Fat Thor. Like, like him and I, we are bros. Not only can I relate, I empathize. I feel you, man. Why? Because he is human after all. Amen? So we connect with our weaknesses. In our strength, through our achievements and our successes, we don't make friends. So that is why some of you guys, you go to the army, right? And some of the best friends you make is when you are in the army, in the trenches. When you are marching. Why? Because in your weakness, in your moment of weakness, you connect. Buddy, I'm dying. Bro, I'm dead. Yes, we die together. We are best friends. You connect this way. In your, in your suffering, it's called the fellowship of suffering. In, in your weakness, you, you even in your, in your smelliness, you connect. That's why it is, if, if your friends only connect with you in your success and in your achievements, that is not called friendship, that is called networking. But real friends connect even in your weaknesses, even in your failures. Amen? That's why I tell leaders this. I say, you know what? The more transparent you are as a leader, the more you connect with the people you lead. So that's why a great leader will dare to say that I am stressed. I was hurt. I was upset. A, A leader will say, will be vulnerable enough to say that I was, I was afraid, that, that I cried. The man must be vulnerable enough to say, I cried. I, I had a sleepless night because I was so stressed out. And when you are daring, confident enough to reveal your weaknesses to the right people, you connect with the right people. Are you listening? So that is why when, when you show your weaknesses, there is a bond of compassion. There is a fellowship of suffering. Now, that is why when you, when you show off, I know in your generation you call flex. So when you flex, in the older generation, it's called flaunt. 
So when you flex and you flaunt, people are like, yeah, 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 good for you. Like, hey, I scored seven A1s. Oh, congratulations, good for you. But when you say, hey, I got two Fs, immediately like, whoa, we connect, man. Yo, my homie. Like, we connect. That's how it is. And you see, that's why the Bible says when Jesus came, the Bible wrote, Jesus wept. He teared, he cried. Jesus thirst. Jesus was hungry. Jesus thirst, the God who created all the waters in the world. Thirst. Jesus was hungry. God thus has no need. But yet, Jesus said he was hungry. Why? Because he wanted to connect. Amen? So that's, for now, I have a young lady coming up to share her story. How many of you are up for that? Before I get her up, will you smile? Everybody smiling? Thank you for the smile. Help me to welcome Dr. Celine. everyone, my name is Celine. I came to church two and a half years ago. Today, I'm working as a doctor. Growing up, I excelled, gained many achievements, and had all that I wanted in life. Here's my story. I grew up in a happy family. My parents didn't have high expectations, but I was very driven to do well. I excelled in my studies and scored 269 for my PSLE. I went on to Raffles Girls School. Subsequently, I entered Raffles Junior College as part of the IP program. I was surrounded by peers who were driven. Like them, I strived to score straight A's for my A-levels. Hours of studying paid off, and in the end, I really achieved it. I applied to NUS Medicine and was so excited when I was accepted with a full scholarship. But doing well alone didn't give me enough fulfilment. I wanted to make a difference in the lives of others too. So I went for many overseas community involvement trips. I helped take care of children in orphanages and helped build a school in a village in Laos. My heart also went out to the deaf community. Because of the communication barrier, it's often difficult for deaf patients to seek medical treatment when they are ill. I wanted to bridge the gap between healthcare professionals and the medical community. So I picked up sign language. Together with six others, we pioneered a sign language club in NUS. We were recognised by the NUS Medical Society for being one of the best new initiatives that year. On top of that, to fill my life with more excitement, I joined the CCA fencing. <laughs> I trained five days a week. I was also the captain of the fencing team in Raffles Secondary and helped lead the team in Raffles Junior College. In university, on top of my medical school commitments, I continued to pour my energy into fencing. I was given the opportunity of a lifetime to be a part of the Singapore national fencing team. I represented Singapore in overseas competitions in countries such as Croatia and Jordan, and I won many medals. <laughs> I was part of the team that clinched second place in the Asian Junior Championships in Thailand. For that competition, my team was also on the news. You can imagine my shock when I saw my face next to the headline, A Historic Silver for Singapore. 
with all these achievements and becoming a doctor, this was the life many dreamed of. Okay, I, I gotta time out, time out, interrupt you right here. How many of you feel like, okay, you win, you win, you win. Okay, okay, we worship, we worship. Like, like you are the champion. Like, I mean, first of all, you have a great family. And then you went to RGS, you went to RJC, and then, and then you score good grades. Then you have a full ride scholarship into NUS Medicine. And then you become a doctor. And then, and then on top of that, you, you like win medals. Like tons of medals. And for us, it was just CCA. For you, it's a national fencing team. Like I could visibly see your faces of some of the people here. You, you were deflated. Some of you like slum upon hearing that. And, and your clapping, your clapping was not spontaneous. I, I saw you guys. Your clapping was this kind of this. And, and just to think like you had it all, I mean brains and brawn and, and sports and academic and good family, like enough! And then she still has a bleeding heart. I mean she still loves people, help the poor community involvement program, sign languages. Like we mere mortals, we are unworthy, your highness. Please forgive me for saying this, but honestly, when I was in school, you are the people I love to hate. <laughs> you know, you are, you are the people where, where you go for the school award ceremony at the end of the year, right? And every year is the same three fella. Every year is the same. How many of you know what I'm talking about, right? And you are like, like, irritating. <laughs> but you don't care. You are like, why do you even invite me to go? Like, every year is the same feel. It's like on repeat. So, okay, let you continue. <laughs> Take it away, Captain Marvel. While my life looked perfect on the outside, the truth was, being busy was just a mask for the immense sense of emptiness in my heart. I always busied myself with something, whether it was studying, training, or volunteering for some event. But after everything, I would still feel so lost and directionless. I seemed to have it all together, but many nights, I went to bed feeling tired and unfulfilled. I wondered if there was more to life than just going through the daily grind. As complete as my life seemed, my life was filled with a sense of incompleteness and hollowness. What no one could guess was that I also struggled with very low self-esteem. Even though I was living the dream life and seemed to be at the top of my game, I could never live up to the standards that I set for myself. There was a perpetual feeling of inadequacy that I just couldn't seem to shake off. It reached a point where thoughts like, I will never be enough, would constantly run through my mind. Because of this, I was afraid and hesitant to dream for my future. No matter how hard I studied, there was always someone who scored better than me. When I counted my medals, someone else always had more. And no matter how many people I helped, it just never seemed to be enough. Then, something tragic happened. Three years ago, my dad suddenly collapsed. The largest blood vessel in his body burst and he needed emergency surgery to save his life. I was in shock. While he made it through that surgery, his condition did not stabilise. Three surgeries later, 
his situation still looked very bleak. As a medical student, I knew what was happening to my dad, but I couldn't do anything to help him. I was not a Christian yet, but at that point in time, I fell to my knees in desperation before his fourth surgery and I just prayed, if there is someone out there, please just save my dad. Miraculously, his situation stabilised that very day. And to date, my dad has recovered significantly. It was truly a miracle. What was the worst moment of my life turned out to be the very moment that showed me that God is real. He is truly in control. Since then, God kept knocking on the door of my heart. A few months later, my secondary school friend, Esther, invited me to Heart of God Church. During service, I was struggling with some negative thoughts. But nearing the end of service, I closed my eyes and prayed, God, if you are there, take this feeling away from me. Right then, I felt a literal weight lifted off my shoulders. And in my heart, I knew that God was real. So I came back the next two weeks, excited to encounter God again. One service, Pastor Garrett preached that we are God's masterpieces. And that moment, something finally clicked. Life is not a race to be the best. Everyone is God's unique masterpiece. Becoming a Christian was uncertain for me, but that day, my desire to know God outweighed all of that. I plucked up all my courage, and I made the greatest decision. At the end of service, when Pastor Garrett asked if anyone wanted to become a Christian, I placed my hand on my heart and said yes to Jesus. As I came back to church each week, God showed me that nothing I did could make Him love me more or less. I was enough in God's eyes. Also, beyond being successful, I saw the significance of loving and impacting others in the things that I do. God's strength also sustains me on long days in the hospital, where I sometimes work for up to 40 hours straight. At the end of the day, I sleep with a smile on my face and a fullness in my heart. Today, my dream is to bring God's love to my family and friends. I also dream to go on medical missions to help the underprivileged. Friends, it was my weaknesses that brought me to God. If you're feeling lost in life, God is knocking on the door of your heart right now. With God, I have found a life of peace and purpose. This Christmas, you can find it too. Thank you. Come on, let's give it up for Dr. Celine. Thank you. Amen. Thank you for standing. You, can, you may be seated. And first of all, I want to thank you for being um, so transparent. Thank you. I, I love it when you say that all the achievements, all the successes, all the greats, the medals, you know what? Even when you have the perfect life, the dream life, it still couldn't feel the emptiness, the meaninglessness in your heart. And, and I'm so glad you said that because for, for many people, and when they are young, they think that the pursuit of all these things will bring them to happiness. But when you achieve it, when you're in your 40s, in your 60s, in your 70s, and you realize that even after achieving all those things, I'm still empty on the inside. And I'm so glad that you found that out early in your life. And the same for everyone here. 
The second thing I thank you for sharing is that I, I like the last line that you said, and you said that it was not your strength that brought you to God, but it was your weakness that brought you to God. And that's how it is. But finally, you know, how many of you like the second half Celine better than the first half Dr. Celine? <laughs> right? Yeah, because you can relate to the second half Celine. You can connect because it's real. And, and you begin to understand like, yes, beneath all the successes, beyond all the achievement, inside, she still struggles. Struggling with self-esteem. She still has problems in her family. That no matter how successful you are, how smart you are, we are not immune to problems in life. And with that, suddenly you identify. You feel like, hi, even though we are so different on the outside, but on the inside, we are the same. On the inside, we are humans. And you connect immediately. That is why in our strength, we impress. But in our weakness, we identify. In our weakness, we identify. And that's how you connect. That's how you make friends. And so that's why, listen, if you want to be a great leader, it is not just about being all high and mighty, all power and glory. It is also about being vulnerable. So, if you are in leadership, whether you are in school or at work, listen, it is okay to disclose your weakness to your, the right people, to the people on your team, because that will bond you together as a team. You will demonstrate your strength, but there are times where you can disclose your weakness. That's a great leader. Can I also say to parents here, you don't have to be perfect with your kids. Let me let you in on the secret, parents here. Your kids already know you're not perfect. <laughs> so sometimes saying sorry to your kids and make, because you made mistakes could actually win their respect more than being the superhero. Now, can I also talk to all of you who are not married? Because those, those of you who are married, it's too late. <laughs> See, for those of you who are not married, listen. The first three months, the guy will want to impress you. It's normal. I mean, even girls too, right? So the guy wants to flex, the girls want to flaunt. The first three months. But if it's three years into the relationship, and he is still trying to impress you, and she's still flaunting... There is something wrong. Red alert, the alarm bells are, are, are blaring. You know why? Because if he is so insecure, she is so insecure, that only wants to put up a perfect front and will hide his or her weaknesses, you know that the moment you hide your weakness, you cannot connect. And therefore, your relationship will never be deep it will always be superficial because it is the revealing of your real self, your weaknesses that you begin to connect. 
And that kind of relationship cannot go anywhere. And everybody say, Amen. And I noticed the married people say, why didn't you tell me that far earlier? <laughs> so, can we get back to the question? Yeah. So why did Jesus come as a baby? Why did Jesus die on the cross? Why? Listen, because Jesus didn't come to win fans. Jesus came to make friends. Jesus didn't come to control. Jesus came to connect. Jesus wants to connect with you and I. Jesus wants to make friends with you and I. The Son of God came to make friends, to build a relationship with you and I. And, and this blows my mind. Jesus came to build relationships with us. That is why Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship. Because in religion, it is about bondage. It is about do's and don'ts. It is about rules and regulations. But in a relationship, it is not about bondage. It is about bonding. Bonding with Jesus, bonding with God. And God, we have a God who wants to connect and bond with us. How cool is that? Amen? So God is not coming to, to impress us. Jesus is not coming to impress. He comes to identify. God is not coming to impress like, I, I want more minions. Jesus wants real relationship and to identify with us. So that is why you have the verse in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. The Bible says here, We have a God, a great high priest, who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Verse 15, This high priest of ours, Jesus, He understands our weaknesses. He understands our weaknesses. For He faced all the same testings as we do, but yet did not sin. So Jesus came, and you know what? He says, we, we tell him, I was hurt. And Jesus says, I get you. I feel you. I was hurt too. I was, I was disappointed. I was hurt. I was betrayed. Jesus says, I was betrayed with a kiss. I was sold out. I felt that I was backstabbed by my team. I was backstabbed by my family. Jesus says, I was sold out by 30 pieces of silver. So he understands, he identifies. When we say we are in pain physically, Jesus says, I was in pain physically on the cross. So when we say we struggle with anger, with shame, with unforgiveness, whatever we struggle with, Jesus says, I was tempted in every way, yet without sin. But I understand, I feel you. Jesus came to identify with us. So we have a God who doesn't come to impress us. He's God. He doesn't need to impress us. But He's a God who loves us so much that He wants to identify with us. God became man. The Word became flesh. That's how cool Jesus is. We have a God, Jesus, the Bible says, who wept, who sweat, who bled. Blood, sweat, and tears. How human can you get? How earthly can you get? That's the kind of Jesus we worship. And, and that's why he says in verse 16, come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. 
So Jesus is saying, come, I came to connect with you. I came a million steps. Now you take one step and let's connect. He is a gracious God. He is not an angry old man with a big stick upstairs. Amen? So why? Why did God come to demonstrate to us weakness? As a baby, as a man dying on the cross. It is strange for us who are conditioned by Hollywood. Why? Because the Bible says this, 1 Corinthians 1.25, the foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weakness is stronger than the greatest human strength. God's weakness is stronger than the greatest human strength. Why? Because Jesus understands the power of weakness. The power of weakness. He came to show us and teach us the power of weakness. And let me tell you, that statement in itself is already a paradox. It is a contradiction. Because weakness has no power. But in God, even the weakness of God is stronger than the strength of man. He is coming to show us something unique, something different, something we should live by, the power of weakness. So, so look at this. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 to 10. Paul says this, the man of God, he says, each time he said, Jesus says, my grace is all you need. God says, my power works best in your weakness. God's power works best in our weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. In verse 10, let's go to the last line. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Isn't that beautiful? Everybody say it with me. Say, when I am weak, then I am strong. So that's why, listen, the power of weakness is that weakness connects us to people. See, we live in a social media age where we don't boast of our weakness. We do the opposite. What do we do? We hide. We cover our weaknesses. So we take 100 photos and we delete 99. And we only choose the one that presents us Perfect. It doesn't matter all your friends look ugly. You post the one that you look perfect. Everyone can look like elephant men. It really doesn't matter. Only when, have you noticed when you look at the photos on your phone, you only look at yourself? And oh, that's a great photo. And the rest of your friends look like elephant men. That's a great photo. Because we don't like to boast about our weaknesses. We only want to cover and hide our weaknesses. But you hear from Dr. Celine, and it's the same thing. That's human nature, to hide our weaknesses because we are afraid that we'll not be accepted, afraid that our friends will look down on us. But can I tell you this? If your friends look down on you because of your weaknesses, hey, they're not really friends. Lose them. Nothing, no loss when you lose them. Amen? So, so are you getting this? So how does our weakness become strong? 
our weakness connects us to people so much so that it becomes a strength, that our weakness becomes a strength because it allows us to connect with people. Amen? Listen, do you agree with me that life is really about relationships? That what gives you the ultimate satisfaction and fulfillment is to have real, healthy, authentic relationships. Like we, we want that relationship. I've now never met anyone in their hospital deathbed and say, I wish, I wish I had more time, more time to be in the office. <laughs> never. They all say, I want more time with my kids. I want more time with my wife, more time with my family. In fact, they always say, I wish I had spent less time in the office. So life is about relationships. So if life is not about money, popularity, cars, bling-blings, but life is really what brings you happiness, it's about relationship, real relationship, then, then look at this. In our weakness, we connect. In our weakness, we build real relationship. And that's how God turns our weaknesses into strength. Where now our weaknesses can build real relationship. It now becomes our strength. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Come on, let's give Jesus a big hand clap. That's what Jesus came to show us. The power of weakness. The power of weakness. Amen? So, so that's why, try this. You may have friends that you know for five years, uh, maybe even family over Chinese New Year. You kind of know your cousin for five years, not really well. You work together with your team for five years. You even watch a movie together, but you never build that relationship. Try this out. Experiment. If you disclose your weaknesses to the right people, you will notice that in one moment of weakness, you build stronger connection than five years of partying, than five years of superficial friendship because it's weakness that connects. Amen? And that's why Paul says, verse uh, 10, he says, that is why I take pleasure in my weaknesses. It's like, is he crazy or what? Taking pleasure in weaknesses? I take pleasure in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in troubles. You know, it's like this. It's like, have you been insulted before? I have. And you tell your story, and the person go, what? Me too. Have you been persecuted before? Oh, me too. Have you been troubled before? You have crisis, trouble? Oh, me too. Have you suffered before in life? Yes, me too. And in that me too, you connect. And so it's no wonder that in America, the women are coming together for me too. It's not a joke. It's the women who supposedly are the weaker gender have been discriminated, have been abused. And in the past, they were ashamed. They kept quiet. 
They kept quiet about their, their shame. They kept quiet about the abuse. They kept quiet about the discrimination because it was their weakness. But then somebody says, no, we are going to speak up. We are going to turn our weakness into our strength. And when they said that, it empowers. And all the girls said, me too, me too, me too. And soon it became hashtag me too. And then it became a movement where weakness has become a strength. That's how God changes us from weakness into strength. For when I am weak, when I have been shamed, where I have been abused, where I've been discriminated, now it becomes a strength. Amen? So our weakness connects us to people. By in closing, but the most important, our weakness connects us with God. The Bible says here, my grace is all you need. Our weakness connects us to the grace of God. Our weakness connects us to God Himself. So the most fulfilling, satisfying relationship is really your relationship with Jesus. And you know what? Here's the thing. Dr. Celine said, it is not her strength that connected her with God. In fact, sometimes our strength draws us away from God because we don't need God in our strength. But for her, it was in weakness, the moment of weakness that drew her near to God. And that's why religion is a fallacy. That's why when you think that, that religion is about coming to God and showing God how holy you are, how religious you are, coming to God in a, your religious strength, and God is saying, I don't need that. I know your heart. I know your struggles. I see what you do in your bedroom. Religion is about coming to God in strength. But relationship is coming to God in your weakness. Humble yourself. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with God. That's how we connect with God. So I want to brag about Jesus. Can, can you see the beauty and the brilliance of God? Hollywood would have presented him in his power and glory. But the brilliance and beauty of God, his master plan, really, his master's plan. You know what that is? That's in Jesus' weakness, he identifies with us. And in that, he connected you and I. He connected civilization, humanity to himself. And he brings salvation. And then we, in our weakness, we connect back to God. And so our weakness and the weakness of God comes together. And there is that divine connection. That's why we can become the children of God. Amen? Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Jesus, your beauty and your brilliance. It's amazing. That God's weakness is stronger than man's greatest strength. Right now, I want you to know that Jesus came to connect with us on Christmas Day. 
He identifies. So if anyone of us here, you are struggling. It's okay. Come to Jesus. Maybe some of us here, you struggle with anger. And after that, you, feel, you went ballistic and then you feel guilty. And the cycle repeats itself. And you kind of say, I'm not worthy. Listen. Come to Jesus. He identifies with you. Some of us here, you have sin and there's shame and you kind of cannot get rid of that shame in your mind. It's uh, almost like the incident on, on repeat and that takes you down. Jesus says, hey, I'm not judging you. I identify with you. I understand. I know. So whatever you are struggling with, unforgiveness with someone in a family, a best friend, anger, insecurity, jealousy, pornography, lust, whatever it is that you're struggling with, Jesus says, I know, I understand, I care. He says, come in your weakness, not in your strength, but in your weakness, come as you are. He wants a relationship with you. But there's only one thing we need to do. That is to humble ourselves because we cannot connect with God in our strength. Don't try to impress God. Maybe for some of us, you used to be a Christian. You kind of drifted away, backslided. Come back to Jesus and, and you feel like you're not worthy. Listen, God is not here to name and shame you. God is here. It's a relationship. He misses you. He wants you back. But what you need to do is to humble yourself. You don't need to impress God with your holiness or your piety. Come as you are. There's only one thing He needs, that we humble ourselves, admit our weaknesses, and say, God, I need you. And some of us have, have problems with admitting weaknesses because all our lives we have been taught that, that don't show your weakness to people. We have been conditioned by Hollywood to be powerful and strong and get all the glory. But let me tell you something. You know what? It is our, the, the most secure, the most, the bravest people I know are the people who dare, who are confident enough to say I'm not perfect. Confident enough to say that I struggle, that I do have weaknesses. Those are the real secure people. You know, the people who, who paint a perfect picture of their lives, that everything is good, everything is perfect. Honestly, those are the people who are most insecure on the inside because they don't dare to show the world because they're afraid. But if you are brave, if you are strong on the inside, it is okay to say you struggle. It is okay to take responsibility. It is okay to own up. That makes you stronger. So every eye is closed right now so that your neighbours have privacy, personal space. If you want to know this Jesus, if you want this Jesus in your life so that when you are weak, you can become strong. So that in your weakness, you can connect with people and God. I'm just going to count to three. I'm going to ask you to lift up your hands. Real simple. Not going to do anything that will stress you out. And every eye is closed so that you have privacy. If you want this, do something you've never done before. If you want something you've never had before, 
I'm going to count to three. Just lift up your hands. As simple as that. You have everything to gain. What's there to lose? Ready? One, two, and three. Just hands up, hands up, hands up. Thank you. I see many hands at the back, at the side. Hands up. Keep your hands there. Keep your hands there. I notice maybe there's some of you who hesitated. You think you're going to be alone, but you're not alone. There are a few more people. So I'm going to count just for you. No eyes looking around. Just for you. Last chance. Lift up your hands. One, two, and three. Just hands up. Yes, I see one hand at the back. Any more? Lift up your hands. Thank you. Thank you. I want to lead you in a prayer. Pray this prayer sincerely with your, all your hearts. Say, Father. Father. Say, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Say, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I come to you today. I come to you today. I want a relationship with you. I want a relationship with you. So I ask you. So I ask you. To be my God. To be my God. To be my Savior. To be my Savior. I ask you. I ask you. To forgive me. To forgive me. Of all my weaknesses. Of all my weaknesses. Selfishness. Selfishness. Sin. Sin. God. God. Every shame. Every shame. Mistakes. Mistakes. Failures. Failures. In my life. In my life. Are now forgiven. Are now forgiven. Forgotten. Forgotten. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I have a fresh start. I have a fresh start. I have a bright future. I have a bright future. So from today onwards. So from today onwards. You are my God. You are my God. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. You are my father. You're my father. I'm not your child. I'm your child. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For the peace of my mind. For the peace of my mind. For the joy and love in my heart. For the joy and love in my heart. For the smile on my face. For the smile on my face. I pray all this. I pray all this. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. Come on, all, stand up and clap for all your friends. Hallelujah. You have reached the end of the sermon. We pray that you've been blessed by the Word of God. To find out more about us, you can log on to www.heartofgodchurch.org or connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at HOGC. You can also follow Pastor Howe on Facebook and Instagram at pastor.howe or check out his website at www.pastorhowe.com.